Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldana. It's been a wild freedom Sister, are you ready to call in your next baby? Longing for a child and yearning deep in your body for your baby to be conceived, but not yet being pregnant is such a tender and precious time. My name is Nancy Lucina. I am Free Birth Society's in-house shamanic facilitator, and I channeled our Welcoming Your Spirit Baby Home course to guide you in this transformative journey. Imagine having a wise sister midwife you through the initiation of conscious conception so that you are able to truly receive all of the lessons and healing of this time. What would it feel like to connect and communicate deeply with your baby? Who would you be if you could cut through the hustle of your modern life and create spaciousness in your body, heart, and spirit for this next babe to come through you? Imagine any fear and worry about when and if resolving. This course is a gentle and loving initiation into facing and transforming your fears, deepening your trust in the divine timing, and preparing your body, mind, and spirit for conception. Go to freebirthsocietycourses.com slash spiritbabies to open the portal for your next child. the show, we have Jessica from Australia, who is the mother of four beautiful daughters. Jessica shares her four stories, taking us from a hospital birth to a home birth with a midwife that was sabotaged by inviting too many people to two very different and powerful free births. Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to hear all of these stories because I know you have four daughters, which is just magic. And I had the honor of hearing one of your birth stories. So I'm excited to hear all of them in a full sequence. Um, Yeah, so um, I guess my birth stories kind of start... um, back as young as I can remember because I've always been so interested in birth. I think um, I told you once that um, in kindergarten or something, I remember drawing pictures of um, uteruses with babies growing inside of them in my library and my teachers being like, 
That's so weird and amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't tell you where that sort of obsession or love came from either because I wasn't particularly surrounded by babies as a kid. Right. Or like how to draw a uterus. Yeah. Yeah. Or to just be even really (laughs) interested in that. So yeah, that was, um, Uh yeah, that's kind of one of my earliest memories. Um, and then I went on to study, study naturopathy and I kind of chose all of the, um, the electives that were related to childbirth and pregnancy and breastfeeding and all of that. It was just always my thing. Um, so I fell pregnant um, and at the end of 2011, my partner and I decided that um, we were ready. Oh, actually, so when I met my partner, actually, um, we'd only been together for maybe a week and or we'd been, you know, sort of just, we'd just met and um, he asked if I wanted to be his girlfriend and I said yes and then I went back to him like not that long later and was like, just a second, I've got some things I want to nut out with you. Like I have four, I want to have four babies. Like, is that okay with you? Like how many do you want? Because if you don't want four, this probably isn't going to work. Um, and he was like, yeah, I, I do want four babies. So, um, which is, yeah, so interesting. Oh We've known each other for a week, but I was already like, you know, I don't want to continue this unless it's the deal. Um, so totally. Why waste your time? I wish more women did that. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like vaccine, circumcision, how many kids, where are we at? Do I, am I going to make the decisions? Like, where are we at here? I, I mean, that's how, that's how it was to date me. It's like date one. These are things laid I need. down. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so yeah, then, um, we were together for maybe about six years, I think. And then in 2011, at the end of then, we decided, um, that we were ready to, um, start trying for our first baby. And, um, yeah, so we did some preparation and then I'm pretty sure the first time we tried, we fell pregnant with, yeah, our first Aww. daughter. Of course, we didn't know it was our first daughter at the time. Um, I was so sick. I, I vomited every single day, mm. multiple times a day for 40 weeks. So I was so sick the <gasps> entire time. Um, but I remember my mom used to think that I was just incredible because, I mean, I didn't have anything else to do, so I would just vomit. And then I'd be like, okay, you know, obviously my baby's healthy and strong. I'm okay. And I just somehow, I just got through that. Um, I read, I, um, so at the time, yeah, it was kind of crazy, but you know, I fell pregnant, had that pregnancy test and I just went to the doctor and was like, yeah, what do I do? Like I'm pregnant now. Where do I go? What do I do? I kept booking appointments with my doctor until she was like, well, I didn't really have a doctor, just a doctor. And she was like, why do you keep coming to me? And I'm like, because I don't know what else to do. Like, what are we supposed to do when we're pregnant? And um, she ended up referring me to like part of that um, doctor's clinic had a um, birth centre attached to it. And so she was like, well, why don't you go see the midwives at the birth centre? And it was like separate from the hospital. But, of course, you know, they work hand in hand as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kind so, of. um, yeah. I started going to the birth center. I was palmed off for a few different midwives and finally got settled with a midwife. And I was so desperate for somebody to just want me. Like, why doesn't anybody want to help me right now? Why do I keep getting shifted around? Um, mm. but I got, um, settled with a midwife and I didn't realize this at the time. I didn't realize until after I'd had my daughter, but she was actually a home birth midwife. And so, um, she, had a really natural um, mind towards birth and um, which really suited well 
with me. So she recommended that I read like Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Um, and so I did that. And then I also got my hands on Birth Skills, um, which is a book all about, um, it's just about, um, it really enforces that the pain of childbirth is a normal, healthy, natural pain. So they were the sort of things that I was infusing my brain with um, and just different skills that you can use during labour labor to transcend the pain. And um, so I was, yeah, I was sort of really feeding off those. Um, and then when I was about 36 weeks pregnant, there were some issues with the birth centre and um, like really just logistics and um, political issues and they closed down. Um, and so my midwife rang me in tears and was like, you're, you're not actually going to be able to birth here. You'll have to book into the hospital. And I just, I was absolutely devastated, but I didn't even question that. And I didn't, I really didn't think at the time that I had any other options. I know now there's always options. Um, Mm -hmm. you always have an option, but I did. I just, um, devastated. I went and I booked into the hospital and, um, you know, had the check, did all the things that I had to do up there. Um, my midwife, the nice thing there is the relationship I had with her could continue and she like um, could still come to my house during labour if I wanted her to and she would still accompany me to the hospital, um, which I was really grateful for just having that just a woman friend type thing, someone with me. So I then got to... But, you know, there's just because as soon as you become part of the system, there's this whole pressure of when your baby is due and you're due on this date and you can only really go to 42 weeks and then things happen. And so from 40 weeks or even leading up to that, there was already this pressure of like this looming induction and this is like what potentially could happen. So on on 40 weeks, on my due date, I went to um, an acupuncturist um, just to, she was really good. She said um, she was not going to do anything crazy, just some cervical ripening type techniques or whatever. Um, But, you know, I always do think like, yeah, obviously you can never, there's no such thing as a natural induction. You don't muddle with something that ain't broke. Um, But uh, yes, and acupuncture does not put someone into labor. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it does not ripen cervixes. That's, that's, that's a, a, that's, I'm not saying it's to you, but like, that's an absurd thing to claim, you know, like acupuncture, if done well, can help bring your body into alignment. Like that, that's it. You know, like it doesn't open energy channels. Yeah, sure. Exactly. This idea that it like could put you into labor or, or anything that anything puts you into labor is not true. Other than your baby and your body. Right. Other than you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that and then, um, had another appointment with her, I think like four days later, but, um, yeah. So on the Monday, so I was three days over and everyone had already been at me saying, oh yeah, you'll just go to like 40 plus 10 and get induced because that's what everyone does. Um, and it was just really got me down. I was only three days past, you know, in there, but I remember my mom coming up for the day and I just was like miserable. I just wanted to lie on the lounge and she was like, come on, let's go for a walk. Um, got me out of the house. We went walking, um, and came home and yeah, 
it just felt a little bit better, but still just felt so miserable and really like reclusive. I didn't want to do anything with, yeah. So I now sort of like relate that to maybe being in, you know, that my body knew that something was about to happen, perhaps like just that feeling really um, withdrawn. Um, So that night I went to bed a bit later than usual. I maybe hopped into bed at about 10.30 and I sat up um, crocheting a blanket that I was making for my baby. And um, I decided I was going to go to bed, but first I just thought I'd do some acupressure points. And so I sort of did this fleshy point on my thumb here for five minutes or something. And then I leant forward into child's pose and heard this snap and my water had broken, <laughs> and um, which was so amazing. I had no idea that it would pop, actually be audibly and like that you'd physically feel that. Um, so I went to the toilet and obviously, you know, was that my water? What's going on? And, you know, tried to pee, but it just sort of like trickled out. And I was like, oh. So I ran out to my husband and was like, he was up watching TV quite late as well. I don't know why we were up so late this particular night, of course, that's the way it works. And was like, ah, I think my water just broke. And he's like, shit, what do we do? And I was like, ah, I don't know. I think we just go to bed. I think we should just go to bed. So we, um, we crawled into bed and just cuddled. And I remember I just sort of wept and was like, this is, the two thoughts I was having was, this is the last time it's just going to be us ever. And, um, Mm. I really hope I'm going to be a good mom. Um, and I just, like, I just, I just cried and probably laid there for half an hour and sensations were sort of starting. So I thought I might just call my midwife and just let her know. So I did that. And she said, okay, well, maybe just try and get back, go back to bed, see if you can get some more sleep and let me know if things pick up. So I laid back down for maybe five minutes because I actually couldn't lie there. It was, it was quite intense. And so I got up, um, told my husband to just stay in bed. I knew it would be it wasn't likely going to happen too quickly. So I was like, you know, get some sleep, get some rest. And I just got up. I put on, um, I'd done calm birth during the pregnancy. So I just put on the calm birth CD and did some meditations that I'd been doing, sat on my birth ball and just, um, yeah, I just did that for as long as I could. And then um, that sort of stopped, that stopped being enough. And so I got up and just paced the house. <clears throat> I was really focusing on, um, two things from from Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, the phrase like let your monkey do it. I was really um, leaning into that and just trying to switch off anything like I wasn't timing contractions or anything like that. I was just um, feeling into it. And also in the birth skills book there was um, this whole theory of matching the pain, so just making your voice or your body movements as big as the pain or as mm. big as the sensations. And so I had this um, this movement that I was doing where I'd sort of just lean over and I'd pound my thighs with my fists um, and just rhythmically sort of go up and down. And that started quite gently and went really quite hard. I think people were like, gosh, she's going to have bruises all over her legs. But it totally worked. It was really worked for me. Um, so, yeah, I just paced in the... Um, like pace the house just back and forth on my own. I went and jumped in the shower for a bit, um, got out, got dressed again, did some more pacing and then um, started vomiting, which like I said, I'd vomited for 40 weeks. So I was just like, yeah, you're like barely noted. Whatever. This is just another thing. But the vomiting um, woke up my husband. I think it was about 3 a.m. now. So I'd maybe been up and just pacing for about three hours. He got up and just helped me to clean up and, um, 
yeah, and then I think he might have given me a massage and um, then I was like, I think um, I think we should probably call the midwife. Now yeah, call my midwife and just let her know. So he gave her a call. She was about half an hour away and she said she'd come. Um, she turned up when I was I was in the shower and I think she listened to like one or two contractions and she was like, oh, you know, I think – and asked me how I was feeling and um, I, I had lots of pressure so I could feel the pressure. It felt really, really big. There was not between the contractions, there wasn't much rest. It just was really, really full. And she was like, I think maybe it's time to go to the hospital. What do you reckon? And I was like, yep, I think you're right. Um, so I went, they helped me to get dressed and um, she reminded me, like, she didn't, she didn't check you? No, she's, yeah, no, she didn't. Yeah. That's interesting as a, like, obviously I don't like support vaginal exams, but that's interesting as a licensed ho- hospital midwife that she wouldn't do that to just like really make sure you're at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she did. She didn't suggest it and um, it wasn't. I don't think it was really a protocol of the birth center. And I know that it's not one of hers as a home birth midwife. She much prefers to just like sit mm-hmm. and watch and listen. So no, she didn't. Um, yeah. I have, I have a question too. So if she was a home birth midwife, why didn't you have her as a home birth midwife? I don't know. I didn't know at this stage she wasn't a home birth midwife. Um, ah. I didn't know. She didn't tell me. She was, so I, she was with me because I was through the birth center and then Mm -hmm. it was just, and I think she felt would have thought it was like a conflict of interest. If she had have then told me she was a home birth midwife. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I would love to think that had she have told me that she was a home birth midwife that I would have said, yeah, sweet, let's do that. Um, but really we, we didn't have very much money at the time. And I reckon that I would have put that first. Mm. Um, thinking that that was what was most important, which um, I'd love to think that I wouldn't have, but I, I just don't know. Um, anyway, so I got dressed. I remember panicking at that stage and um, started breathing crazily, like just freaking out, going, oh, my goodness, we're going to the hospital having this baby. And she re- she counted me through that and she was like, bring, you know, bring your breath back down. She counted out, you know, a breath of four and back. And as soon as I did, like I felt the intensity you know, improved again, which was really amazing. So I got dressed, um, we headed out to the car. It was quite cool. It was just the end of um, the last few days of winter. We were heading into spring, but it was still quite cool outside. It was about um, 4 a.m. Um, so, you know, the coldest time of night. And um, went to hop in the car and a, another contraction started. And so I jumped straight out because I'm like, last thing I want to do is sitting on this right now. Like, this is awful. Um, so I stood up and I just leant on the side of the car, breathing through it. And I was like, oh, it's a 15-minute drive to the hospital. I cannot do this like 10 times between now and the hospital. I'm going to have to find something else to get through this. So I called on one of my calm birth skills, which was just visualization. And I um, so I hopped in the car and I talked my husband through. I'm a snowboarder. So I talked him through um, me hopping on a T-bar, riding to the top of the hill, getting to the top of the peak of the contraction and then just going back down again. And he helped count, um, like talk me through that. Like I talked to him. That's clever. First. Yeah. Yeah. That's something Calm Birth taught us. Like um, 
was, you know, something that you can really relate to, that you can mm-hmm. relate to the height of a sensation and mm-hmm. back down again. So I did that for the ride. My midwife had sort of told me before we left to remember that, you know, things change when you get to the hospital. So to try really hard to stay in my zone, keep my eyes closed, try to stay dark and quiet and all of those things. So turned up at the hospital and um, I just kept my eyes closed or as open as they needed to be just to walk in. Uh, we walked in and I think they offered us a wheelchair and my midwife scoffed at them and said, get that away from here. We don't need that. She can walk. Um, so we walked up the corridors in the elevator. I just kept pounding my thighs, eyes closed. Don't really remember seeing anybody, but remember it. So I had this, so this vision of me being in labor the whole time of being like out of my body and looking down on me like a bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. Like I could see myself like that. Um, yeah, we got into the up there and, um, the hospital midwife came in and asked if I wanted a cervical exam and I said, yes. So I had one. It was awful, horrible, horrible, but the, like, just, yeah, so rough. Don't, I mean, I don't even know why I wanted one, but I did. And I'm just, this is one of the things where I just think I'm just so lucky that, yeah, so I was seven centimeters, which is like, and I know that that means absolutely nothing, but had she come back and told me I was three, it could it would have just changed everything. So yeah, I think um, it was ridiculous of me to ask for it. And also, yeah. And then also maybe I would have been treated really differently had I said no. So who knows? Um, they basically just left us alone in there. I um, jumped in the shower, kept pounding my thighs. I hopped in the bath for a bit. Um, but hated it in there because the stupid bars of the hospital, they're like super thin and I'm quite tall and have quite long legs and there's no way I could be comfortable in there. Every time a contraction came, I'd jump out of the water to like bang my thighs again and that was absolutely exhausting. I was obsessed with pooping. I didn't think that I would be, but I was so terrified of pooping. Um, I remember at one stage that in the bath, I was in there, there was this tiny little fleck of something brown. I swear it was smaller than a piece of glitter. But I was like, there's some poo. I told you I would poo. <laughs> and yeah, my mate of us, yeah, maybe, maybe that is. Um, yeah, I went back to the shower, sat on the toilet for a bit. And um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had a fast labor. <laughs> I re- yeah, I really did. I was, yeah, I really just think I was so lucky. So lucky. Um, so I sat on the toilet and I said, I think I feel like I need to push. And, um, my midwife, so my midwife was like, yeah, okay, cool. Well, this is happening. And, um, she said, why don't you hop up and you could like lean on my husband, like a supported squat. And so I tried that it was so really uncomfortable. That did not work for me at all or for him like it just felt really awkward um and at this stage I started um I started panicking and I was like I can't do this anymore I can't do this anymore this is really hard um I can't do it and my midwife came right up in my face and stared me in the eyes and was like you can do this you are doing this and you're about to meet your baby um you're doing amazingly and I um yeah the intensity just like vanished in that moment just locking eyes with her and I brought my breathing down um and then I felt another contraction coming and I was like um midwife come back please tell me how amazing I am again tell me again how amazing I'm doing and she did and again it just like it was all bearable I um 
I decided I wanted to move to the bed, so I did because I had it like the head up and I leant on that and just was kneeling on the bed and um, the hospital midwife came in because there had to be two of those present for the birth Um, and she came in and she said something. I remember her just walking in authoritatively and she was like, oh, she should be pushing because she could, they could hear I was having a contraction. And I was just like, just ignored her. And I was like, no, you know what? I just need this contraction to gather myself because I know my baby is coming and I just want to, even though I could feel the pushing and I'm sure my body was pushing, I just, I just felt the need to gather myself and come back to center. So I did that. Another midwife walked in and said something like really derogatory, like, um, or derogatorily saying, oh, she done calm birth or something, almost bagging the fact that I was so calm or so in control, which, yeah, was just like, oh, my God. We talk to women like this or about them. Anyway, I then. We don't. No, we don't. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, I just started pushing and I think um, I had my hands over my vulva, I had read, Ina May had said, um, you know, she rarely has seen a woman tear who was holding her vulva, her own vulva without anyone else's hands there. So I had my had my hand there and I was just saying over and over in my head, it's made to stretch, it's made to stretch, it's made to stretch, it's made to stretch. And I pushed my baby's head out into my hands and, out, yeah, she came out and I picked her up, popped her on my chest and... Yeah, I was just amazed. Um, Mm. And I think I feel like I had pretty much the best hospital birth story that um, I could possibly have imagined or ever have heard. And I think I was really lucky that things went that well and there were no obstetricians that came in. And, yeah, I was... Yeah, it was... Yeah, you were lucky also at the the like fast pace of it, but you know it wasn't without its coercion and its condescending. You know, like it wasn't without some gross shit. Yeah, absolutely. And I like it's crazy because I think I'm lucky because they only said this to me, and it's just well, that's how women are (laughs) trained to think. We're so conditioned. (laughs) accepting crumbs like you see that the worst case scenario is a c-section or a brutal torture induction yeah it is it is better than that you are lucky that you have less Mm -hmm. trauma or less less abuse yeah yeah but it's it's great because I was only treated like shit this much a little bit (laughs) (laughs) oh good lord okay but, but I hear your point I mean yeah it is Thank God that was your story. Absolutely. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I was lucky compared to others. Um, so, yeah. I, so how does that go on to shape you for number two? Yeah, so um, I then, I wanted to go home straight away. And so I did. Um, I The midwives wanted me to breastfeed first before I did. And I remember not really knowing what I was doing. And so one of the hospital midwives just grabbed my boob, grabbed my baby and put the two together and was like, there you go, you're doing it, you can go. They were, cr- I, they were cranky because I wanted to leave. Also because we declined like Hep B and um, vitamin K. So, you know, we got all the lectures about that and about how we were going to kill our baby by not doing those. Um, 
And they were the biggest things that I was just like, you know what? I I didn't need to be here. The biggest mm. thing that I obstructed myself with was just leaving our house in the first place. Had we have just, you know, we were only at the hospital for an hour and a half or something by the time mm. she was born. And I was like, if we had stayed home, probably would have been in half an hour. Like, you know, or whatever. Who knows? You never know. But, yeah, there was definitely hindrance in that. Um, so yeah. So from then I was just like, well, I'm, I'm not giving birth in a hospital again. I didn't need that. And that was, um, yeah, that was the biggest risk that I took Mm. was heading there in the first place. So from there I was like, our next baby will be born at home for sure. Um, and I then must've learned over the next little bit that, um, my midwife was a home birth midwife. Um, and so, yeah, I just started immersing myself in home birth books and, um, oh, you know, this is, yeah, this, so this almost straight from the beginning, I was like, I want to do that again, but next time I'm going to do it better. And this is me just already just telling myself instead of just being really triumphant in, and I was like, next time I'm not going to freak out. Birth is not going to break me. I'm going to, which is so, I know I can see your face and that's how I think as well. And, um, I don't want to say that I'm stupid, but it was so, so silly. Just this idea that I thought that, um, that birth breaking me or me getting to that point where I was like, I can't do this anymore was a bad thing rather well, than. Well, that's patriarchy, baby. <laughs> no. You know, it's not you. Yeah. That's you making birth the enemy yeah. and that it's weak, that it's weak to like succumb to it. All the while your innate instincts and, and, and um, intuition are also keeping you home in your preparation. So you're working it out. <laughs> I, I am. I, it just took me. It was a really convoluted way to get there. Could have been so much easier than me thinking, yeah, like patriarchy, that I could control it and that I had. And our ego. And ego. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did. And like you got to give yourself a break because it's not like you were raised in some matriarchal commune where you're watching the women who raise you all birth freely and be decimated and survive and and love at the wildness of it. Like we are rewriting this shit from scratch at this point, you know? So, yeah. Yes, this is so true. This is so true. So, yeah. So right from the beginning, I thought I had this all in the bag and I was totally (laughs) controlling it. And I was, um, yeah, next time I was going to be even more of a rock star. So, um, yeah, watching lots of home birth videos, um, reading lots of home birth books. Um, yeah, immersing myself in home birth, Facebook groups, whatever. Um, so I fell pregnant with our next daughter and, um, yeah, we, yeah, it was just an easy decision. We hired the midwife again and did all the things, but in our house instead of at a birthing center or hospital. Um, I labor sort of like, um, I had lots of prodromal labor labor. So from about 37 weeks, um, I was up every second night, I think with just these like niggles and cramps and being uncomfortable. So what is the setup with the second birth? It's the same midwife, obviously your partner and 
yeah, what's the yeah. setup? Oh, dear me. Um, so I, I really wanted my sister to be there and I felt that we should have somebody there to really look after um, our daughter, Isabel. And so um, I asked my sister to be there. I then knew that if I had my sister there, then I had to have my mum there. So I asked my mum to be there. Then I thought, because I, you know, I'm still at this stage thinking how much of a rock star I am. Right. How, but you didn't want your mom there, right? Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. She okay. definitely, she wasn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then I still thinking I'm going to be a rock star and um, love birth photos and videos, of course. So I was like, well, I'm going to just have this amazing experience photographed and videoed as well. So I got in a photographer. Um, and yeah, she was lovely, but yeah. Anyway, observation. And then um, my midwife had a student midwife call her who was a male student midwife and um, said he'd never seen any physiological births um, in his time at the hospital. And and here I was, like, I totally was like, yeah, cool. I'll totally hero this person and show them how amazing birth can be. And so Come I was like... spectate me, yeah, imposter sucker. Yeah, totally. And, you know, like looking back, that's 100% what it was. He turned up to some of my prenatals and like there was no connection there. There was no interest in me as a, like there was... No, no you're like a monkey. Oh, 100%. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's exactly how I felt through it as well. Um mm. Yeah, so here I am inviting a thousand people into my beautiful sacred home birth. <sighs> yeah. this, this is really this is really so important because so many women do this. So many women do this with the second, where it's like, I got it in the bag, I already had a baby come out of my vagina, and then they accidentally sabotage their second birth. So for any of you listening who are pregnant, you know, don't do this. Learn from what Jess is about to share because we never have it in the bag. Never. Yeah. Never. Never. Like, yeah. That's the point. <laughs> that is the point. And like you and Yolanda say, it's supposed to decimate us. It, yeah. That's that's the point. Um, yeah. So I kept having these visions throughout the pregnancy and especially after I'd invited all of these people in of um this really clear vision that I that um I would give birth in my bathroom with just my daughter it was just my daughter and I there and I would ask her to can you just go get my phone so I can call daddy um and yeah I swear that was my brain just willing me to like reconsider what I was doing like are you really yeah what are you doing here Anyway, from about 37 weeks, I kept having these, um, yeah, sort of waking up in the night with sensation, thinking things were starting, um, and then they just dwindle out. Um, on, I think I was, yeah, exactly 40 weeks, and um, I woke up and things were really regular. My daughter woke up and she was a bit unwell, so I went and cuddled her on the lounge for a bit and was moving around and could, you know, the sensations were definitely there. I lit up lit all the candles in my birth space again for like the 20th time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, was thinking this is it. I think I called my midwife to let her know. I said, you know, I don't need you just yet, but just letting you know, like things have definitely started starting, called my mom and my sister. I was like, you know, things are happening today. Don't come here or anything, but 
you know, things happening. And I reckon I hung up the phone and everything just stopped. It all just mm-hmm. dwindled out and I was like, you know, devastated. My mind was just, ugh. And um, because, yeah, it was happening again. So I, w- I went to bed. I think my husband told me to go to bed and I just lay there crying, just being like, Aww, this baby yeah, going to come. so hard. So hard. So hard. And I was so tired and, yeah. Oh, right. Wait, that's what I wanted to ask you. Were, did you puke throughout your second pregnancy? Oh, yeah. So this is so, yeah. So I, I did, I but I just puked until about 20 weeks and then I was all right. Okay. And it's so weird. Because, oh no, sorry, about 30 weeks. Yeah. Oh, so it's really weird. Like, but I kind of puked for like 10 weeks less each pregnancy, which is that is interesting and weird. I, yeah, so weird. So weird. Okay. So yeah, till about 30 weeks. And then um, yeah, the last 10 weeks were all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then I called my midwife in the afternoon, said things are kind of dying down and um, you know, they're not started. I was really devastated. And she said, Look, I just go for a walk. I think you guys should just go for a walk and um, just relax, get some fresh air, go to a cafe, um, just get out of the house and get out of your head for a little bit. And so we went for a walk. The cafe we walked to was closed. Um, on the walk, my sister called and um, told me that they'd come up to Orange that morning. And mm. like, so we live about 45 minutes away from there. And um, I was like, oh. Um, I told you not to come. Um, but then, yeah, I said, well, why don't you guys come over and yeah, you can make us dinner or something before you go home. Don't waste your trip. And so, um, they did that and yeah, we got home and they were there and like, um, the contractions were sort of, I think, you know, coming a bit more regularly then. And I knew, yeah, this is kind of the beginning of it. Um, it was maybe about 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, I just went out. I didn't want any dinner, but I just went out into our birth space and I just watched some birth videos on my own. My daughter came and joined me when she'd finished her dinner and I just we just held each other and I was crying again. I cried a lot during this labour. Um, I think my midwife showed up at about 7.30, I think. I think she's texted me and said, are you ready for me yet? And I was like, no, not yet. You're fine there was already too many people in my house. So I was already feeling really there was nowhere safe for me to go mm. or nowhere quiet and dark enough. <clears throat> and, um, but then I had another contraction after that and I sort of messaged her and was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for you now. Come now. Um, and so she turned up and yeah, the, the male midwife turned up pretty much with her. And I, I just, yeah, I remember I just sort of paced around the house and was just trying to find any dark, mm. quiet, space I, did, I felt like a wild animal trapped in a zoo being watched from every direction they would just felt nowhere safe and quiet and dark enough for me to go and where I wanted to be <clears throat> you were yeah that's exactly you know, what I was. you were but it's interesting in this in this story because minus the random dude you know everyone there like loved you you know, yeah. like everyone was there with loving intentions, I'm sure. But that doesn't equal that anyone knew how to hold the space. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so many different energies right, in this space that were not, nobody knew how to integrate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or channel yeah. them in the right direction. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Right. And again, I'm kind of harping on that because I just talked to so many women mm-hmm. who who accidentally plan these party births. And it's like, well, everyone loves me. Like everyone's supportive. And I was like, yeah, but when you're... And? Yeah. And, and when you're like an exposed spiritual being shedding her layers of ego so that she can die and be reborn, how does that level of exposure, like who weaves that together? Mm. Yeah. And yeah, like I'd read all, like I'd read Jane Hardwick Collings writing about cats and how they need to be alone and how no one should be in your birth space that you wouldn't be comfortable pooing in front of or making love in front of. And I was like, well, that's not a limit. That's just just me and my husband. Like, yeah. So yeah, that was definitely not that male midwife. (laughs) (laughs) That's too hot. (laughs) No. No, uh, <laughs> definitely not him. Um, yeah, and so that was sort of playing in my head too. And I was just, I was trying so hard just to um, switch all of that off. But mm-hmm. man, that was an effort. Um, then the photographer showed up, and yeah. Oh no, I forgot about the photographer. Now, <laughs> yeah, there's still more people. Oh shit. <laughs> um, and like she, she was she was really great and she's, you know, she promised she'd be like a fly on the wall and she really was, but shutters make noise. Right. And there was this click and I kept hearing this click and I was like, why are you photographing me right now? And this, this is, yeah. She's like, painful. cause you paid, you paid me to. Yeah. <laughs> you paid me to do this. <laughs> totally. Um, I hopped in the birth pool and that I felt so alone in there too. Like I think lots of people say birth pools are like um, a nice barrier between you and any intervention or any other hands, but I just felt like here I am in this birth pool with seven people watching me. So I just felt like I was sort of like then even more on a stage. Mm. Um, Eventually my husband hopped in there with me and that was a bit nicer to be held a little bit more in there and maybe protected a little bit Mm. more. Um, I... Yeah, at one stage I asked why it was taking so long and my midwife was like, well, I can check you if you want, but you really hated that last time. And I said, yeah, I did. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to do it then. She did actually get everyone to leave the room for a little bit and um, my husband and I just laid on the bed and cuddled and that was um, mm. that was lovely. But still, you know, everyone was in the next room mm-hmm. and Waiting I could on still you. hear them giggling and chatting mm-hmm. and whatever else. So it's still, you know, it was nice and, yeah. But, yeah, through it all I just... All I wanted was just to be alone with Baden and myself. And at one stage, yeah, my daughter went to bed at maybe 10.30 and I remember when she left, I was then in tears then again because I was like, all I wanted was for her to be here. The only person that I actually wanted to be here is my husband and my daughter and she's being taken away and now it's just me with these seven other, or however many, there five other people that I don't want mm-hmm. and the one person that I really do is gone. Oh, that's so um, sad. It- was it really hurt um yeah and then um yeah then I I started I was like I feel like I should be pushing this is maybe yeah a bit later on still in the in the pool now and when Baden had joined me and was sort of like applying pressure on my back and my midwife was like you are pushing and I was like oh yeah okay I guess I have been pushing for a bit like just that sort of grunty you know grunty pushing but I hadn't really associated it and then you know a few more contractions and I said something like um am I trying to push this baby up bum first and maybe I was like I don't know maybe maybe you are would you like me to check and I'm like 
yeah. And I really didn't want her to. So I was like, okay, now I'm pushing this baby out. Now this baby's going out because I, I, I don't want a vaginal exam and I do not want a vaginal exam in front of four people and this isn't happening. So, mm. yeah, I just started actively pushing and her head came out and I didn't tell anyone. I just was kind of hiding it, um, hiding it as much as you can with her head hanging out in your vagina. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then the next contraction I just pushed her out Um I was told to pick her up and I was a bit like, oh, I know, I know, I'm, I'm picking her up. Um, my cord was really short so that was quite uncomfortable um, to be in the birth pool and trying to keep her out of the water when my cord literally only came as high as maybe my belly button, if that. Um, yeah, and she just looked at me and I looked at her and I cried and was like, oh, baby, I'm so sorry, that was so tough. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, my husband, it's funny, my husband thought that, you know, I it took so long maybe because I wasn't as fit as I was for our first daughter or anything like He was like, you know, you know, maybe that was, and I'm like, no, it was it was the people in the room. Um, I don't think he believed me though until we had our next baby. So um, I then, you know, almost immediately I was like, I, I, I'm not doing that again. Like, I, but, but yeah, I think he just totally did, doesn't, didn't understand how important it is for us to be left alone and yeah. Um, so yeah, straight from there, I knew I was like, no, I'm not doing that again. Next time it is going to be just my husband and my baby. I, um, I then studied to be a doula in this space between these two babies. And I, um, in that, in my studies, it's funny cause I'm sure that the doula training sort of said, you know, never support a woman who free births. But one of the options for a book to read was called unhindered birth not sure if you know it, by Sarah Morgan Haydock. Um, and I was drawn to that because I was like, yes, that is how I felt in this birth. I was so hindered. Mm. Um, and so I'd read that and um, I found that really, really loved so many things about that birth, about that book. Um, and so it was like, yep, yeah, my next baby, I'm going to free birth. I was quite involved with a, um, a birth community here at the time that my midwife had started and so was and was working with her a bit and went to a few home births with her as well and we were um yeah sort of working together a bit um as a doula but um I fell pregnant and I um I think I didn't tell her till I was about almost halfway through because I knew that I didn't want her to be there but it was almost sort of a given Mm -hmm. that she would be and um that was you know in hindsight I should have been more honest with her right from the beginning um but yeah, and then maybe when I was about six months pregnant, she was like, maybe do you think we should have our first, like, prenatal now? And that's when I sort of turned around and said, you know what, I actually I just I just want to be on my own this time. I just want to do it just us. And um, I'm sure she was hurt, but she was really supportive um, of that and she was like, "What you know, it's your birth. You do what you got to do. <clears throat> um, she like um, still hired me her birth pool, which she didn't have to, but was really sweet for her to do that. Um, And, yeah, I then, I was, so in in that um, book, Unhindered Birth, one of the biggest things from it was that I took was this um, analogy of being strong in birth like a willow tree. So you don't think of a willow tree being a strong tree when you think of a strong tree, you'd think of an oak or something, but a strong wind comes through and the branches of the oak will just snap. Uh Whereas a willow tree 
can um, endure so much more stress than the oak tree. The wind just passes through the branches and that's how you need to be in birth. Just let it pass through you, surrender to it and go with the flow of it. So that was my, just my mantra for this entire pregnancy was just to trust birth and let go and surrender, 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 surrender. Cause that's what I did not do in my previous birth. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, I think I got to, I was about, I was 41 weeks, which is the longest I'd ever been pregnant, but I was so content and so happy just um, letting it do what it had to do. We went to a lunch for someone's 50th party and one of my husband's aunties said to me, all right, you should go home now and have that baby. I don't think she meant it that literally. Um, cast a spell. <laughs> but it was a spell. Um, we got home and I, I, I was having a bit of a nap. I just laid down on the lounge and my husband was cooking dinner and just sort of um, fielding the daughters from my space, just, you know, leave mum alone, she's having a rest. And um, I felt a sensation. I, my eyes sort of popped open and I looked at the clock on our wall and it was four o'clock and I drifted back into this sort of rest and another sensation and I popped my eyes open and it was ten past four and another sensation and <laughs> this sort of continued for maybe an hour and a half and I was lying down and I thought, you know, if this is continuing while I'm just lying here and getting stronger and a bit more, a bit closer together, I was like, okay, this is it. So I hopped up around 5.30-ish and was like, okay, I think this baby's coming. And so the girls and I helped, the girls helped clean my birth space and mm. my husband kept making dinner and came and helped us a little bit as well because I gave birth in um, our, in the playroom. So there were toys everywhere. We are just like pushing them off to the side, being like, need to make space for this birth pool, whatever. Um, yeah, um, blew that up, put that in. Um, they ate dinner. I didn't really want dinner, but I kept walking through the kitchen um, and they were like the potatoes smelled so good. They had a roast and I remember eating these potatoes and they were just the most delicious potatoes of my life. I have never eaten a potato so good or since then. They were so delicious. I think it's just that heightened sense of being mm -hmm. in labour and things being so delicious. And your husband crushed those potatoes. <laughs> Totally. He nailed they were them. Amazing. He nailed them <laughs> for the only time ever. <laughs> First and last. Yeah, they were incredible. Um, yeah, so then he just bathed the girls and I just kept wandering around doing my thing. He took them to bed and I remember looking at the kitchen being like, this is a pigsty. And so I cleaned the kitchen and did the washing up. And as I was washing up, um, my hands were wet and each um, sensation contraction that came, I just I had to dry my hands. Like having wet hands was, you know, too much for me to even get my head around. I think it's quite funny now because my third daughter, she she gets the tiniest little splash of or drip of water on her and she cannot stand it. No she way. Like, yeah. So even last night, my um, second daughter spilled a glass of water all over herself, like from head to toe, she was drenched with water and one tiny little splash landed on my third daughter and she was screaming and freaking out. And my second daughter's like, so it's, it, yeah, I Whoa, think it's so interesting. that's so cool. Yeah, I always think of that. When uh -huh. I'm like, yeah, me just like ferociously drying, frantically <laughs> drying my hands Her to like be able through. to have this sensation. Uh -huh. then, yeah, that's cool. And so really interesting. And then kept washing up. Um, I knew, and then, yeah. oh, sorry, I was going to say, I knew, a, I met a woman one time in LA who hates chocolate absolutely hates chocolate, never liked it her whole life, never liked it. And with one of her babies, when she was pregnant, 
she loved chocolate. She had to eat it. She had to eat it. And then the second she gave birth, she couldn't eat it again. And her little kid is like a chocolate fiend. And I always thought that Incredible. was so cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You're one person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're possessed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my husband put the girls to bed. I was quite open to them being there, but like I said, it was all about surrender for me. So I wasn't mm-hmm. fixated on anything. I was trying really hard to just be, yeah, my whole thing was just letting everything go and just letting it be how it had to be. So he came out maybe at 9.30 um, and he was doing some work for the next day, sending off lesson plans. He's a teacher because I told him, you're not going to work tomorrow. Um, and yeah, so he's here thinking, uh, you know, Jess doesn't labor as quick as she says she does. This is going to be a long night. I'm So he's like doing work and it's about 9.30 and I'm like, I'm going to hop in the pool. And he's like, I don't think you're ready. And I'm like, I don't think you know. So <laughs> see you later. So I jumped into the pool and he came in and I asked him to massage my back and he did for a bit. And then next thing I looked up and he was lying on the bed there. And I was like, I'm like in this, like I'm really in the zone and he has no idea I think he came over and showed me a YouTube clip that he thought was funny so oh my god get me I know read read the room dude (laughs) he he had he literally had no idea because um in his head I was like it had been maybe four hours since I'd said this is you know I think the baby's coming and he was like this gonna be like Lacey's birth like you know she's not gonna birth till the hour early hours of the morning but Mm -hmm. no he he had no idea, which I, you know, I, yeah, it sounds like he was totally out of it and he was, but I kind of, I must say, I kind of liked that after Lacey's birth. Mm-hmm. I just liked the fact that totally. he had no idea. He had no idea where I was at. Um, yeah. And so I kind of just like shushed him away. I was like, no, that's not doing anything for me. Um, and then, yeah, it was maybe like half an hour, 20 minutes later that I just, I pushed ah, her daughter out oh um, my into my hands. Yeah, the cord was around her neck, I think. And it was just, it was so just instinctual, just unwrapping her, pulling her up. And yeah, and my husband was just like, I swear his jaw just hit the floor. He was like, holy shit, you've got that down pat, don't you? <laughs> like, I think he said something, you know, totally cute. Australian like that. He was like, wow, I can't, yeah, you yeah, that, that just happened. And so quickly, um, yeah. And so, and I mean, I maybe make that sound as, like it was easier than it was. It definitely wasn't. It was labor. It was, it well, was just because it's crushing. quick doesn't mean it's yeah. easy. No, that's right. It definitely, it definitely wasn't easy. Yeah. I guess the, um, the benefit of it is you're not as tired. You don't have that. You're not as like physically and emotionally exhausted. I don't know. That's my interpretation anyway. So how do you feel um, afterwards having had your first like truly undisturbed birth? Yeah. Yeah. So it it felt it was obviously great and I was, you know, I was like we just did that. That was amazing. But it also the the main thing that kept just flowing through cuz pe- I'd tell people that we'd done it and they were like, "Whoa, that is so intense." And I'm like, "Yeah." birth is intense, but it really like giving birth in a hospital is intense. Hello. Like (laughs) it was like intense is just not how I would describe it. It was just normal. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was so normal. Like just, I just had a baby and yeah. Well, the descent from 
the system is really what they're saying is intense. It's intense. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. You mm. did not play like a sheep. Whoa. <laughs> that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was cool. Um, yeah, it was interesting actually going back to like during my pregnancy and obviously I was really careful with who we told that that was our plan. I think I told my mom and my family um, and she was a bit concerned but was okay with it. We didn't tell my husband's family that's what we were doing. Um, I chose a few select friends to tell that I thought were safe and it was so interesting how many people I thought were safe that were not safe. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, um, so many um, projected fears. But, again, I was so focused on surrendering that it didn't really sway me. I just was like, oh, damn, that was the wrong person. Yeah, it really shows you who is mature enough to respect you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because obviously it's their own projections and, and it's their own fear. And that's fine. People people who love us, who who are witnessing you know, us do a different thing. Like it doesn't mean that they can't have their feelings about it, but it takes a level of maturity to be able to have that and also still respect you. And like, when I say respect, I mean, not dump that projection onto you, still support you, understand, you know, as adult human females, we can make our own decisions for our family and our bodies. You know, it's, it really reveals or, or reveals the immaturity, right? It either reveals the maturity or the immaturity because being afraid or being like, I wouldn't do that doesn't really matter. That's not really it. It's like, who shows up to be like, yeah, girl, you do you. Like, live your, mm -hmm. live your life. It doesn't matter what I fucking think about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so interesting. And so interesting that it is so... Um, like the opposite being true that being like you realize if you give birth in a hospital then it's probably going to mean that they're going to like put their hands inside of you and cut you and you know yada 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 it's so unacceptable to say that to state facts to say the opposite yeah to tell the truth yeah it's yeah and, and I mean in reverse like I'm not I'm not judging the women in my life who are birthing at the hospital or at least I'm working I'm working not to like it's none of my business and that's totally fine. But you're right, of course, like in the descent, when you descent from the mainstream, it creates this othering where the sheep are allowed to critique, judge and get involved in your business. Like we're seeing it right now, right? With COVID and vaccines and da, 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 da. It's like, if you aren't going along with the mainstream, you get to be critiqued. But what about like when we critique the mainstream, we literally get censored. <laughs> you know, it's like, hello. Mm. So obvious. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. This is the story you can tell. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so it was interesting. Like, yeah. So not many people um, asked me about that birth as well. I definitely found that people didn't really want to know that birth story as much Whoa. because, yeah, because it just didn't sit as well with them. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, yeah. So then my fourth baby. Um, so life was so lovely. Our third daughter just like slotted into our life just so perfectly. It was, um, she was such an easy baby. So yeah, 
an easy baby. Like, yeah, we did. We knew what mm-hmm. I kept saying. I wish you could have your third baby first. That was just, it was beautiful. And life was so sweet. And it was at this stage where I was like, oh, do we want to have that fourth baby that is like waiting to come into our life? Is that something like, do we, yeah, are we, are we ready to do that? Um, we decided that we were and, um, yeah, so we fell pregnant with, I fell pregnant with our fourth baby. And, um, yeah, so this time I was only sick for about 10 weeks or something, which was amazing. We went on a, yeah, we went, um, we came over to the U S in the December, January and had like four weeks over there, just like traveling around and it was amazing. Then we came back and, um, I, and COVID hit. And so that was sort of in, um, March, April and, um, this baby was due in May. I knew, um, I'd sort of worked it out that, you know, she was due sort of at the beginning of May. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a Taurus baby. And I was looking up Tauruses and I'm like, oh, stubborn as a bull. Oh dear. What are we doing? Disrupting our family here. (laughs) Our perfect life. Um, yeah. Um, we were, you know, I also, the other thing that's interesting is I'd kind of like was looking at the moon cycles and, um, I was born on myself. I was born on a waxing gibbous and my eldest daughter was born on a waxing gibbous. My next daughter who had the crazy birth that I was totally trying to control. It was a bit different. My third daughter was born on a waxing gibbous and I was like, Oh, I kind of feel like this baby is going to come on the 4th of May, which is the day before her due date. And, um, because that's like an 87% waxing gibbous and that's the exact same moon phase that I was born on my oldest daughter and my third daughter. As I, I reckon that that's when she's going to come, but you know, also not attached to it, like just willow tree, totally willow tree, but that's just like a weird little thing. Um, so yeah, we went into lockdown. We like, Camped in our backyard, only left when we had, I, I actually couldn't bring myself to leave the house because, you know, we'd go for walks around the park or whatever, but I was like, I don't want to go to the shops, like all the stand on this X here and wear this mask. And the, yeah, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to leave. And it was kind of all right to being in that last phase of labor when you tend to want to like, just become a bit more insular. I just, we made it work in our house. I tried not to get depressed over the state of the world and just, just try to stay positive in our little space. <laughs> slogan, slogan of 2020. Totally. Just, I just, just tried not to get too depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, on the, on the 2nd of May, it must've been. The, yeah. Um, so yeah, she was due on the 5th and I thought she would come on the 4th. On the 2nd, our TV broke. And, um, it was, you know, COVID. So, um, on the third, on the morning of, I woke up and I was having contractions and, um, I like just sensations, sensations. I was sort of feeling it and I wasn't too attached to them, but they were different. They were so different from any of my other ones, a bit more similar to Lacey, my second birth, where it was like, Oh, this is weird niggles. Like is something happening? Is it not? Um, restrictions were lifting either that day or the next day. And so we went to the shops and to buy a new TV. And I remember as we were buying the TV, I had like one or two sensations as we're standing here in this like shop. And I was just like, yeah, not attached to it. We're going to my parents for lunch, which because restrictions were just easing and we hadn't seen them for a long time. And, um, it's about 45 minutes away. And I was like saying to my husband, I'm just not sure if we should go or not. Like, 
And he was like, well, you know, if we get halfway there and you don't want to, we'll turn around and come back. We'll just, we'll leave. Um, anyway, we we went there and during lunch, I just, you know, sitting there and like, oh, yeah, some sensations, some things are happening here. I think while we were at their house, I like pooed like three or four times. And I was like, yep, things are definitely happening That's here. different. <laughs> that's, that's not my normal. <laughs> There's some like, yeah, something's going on here. Um, but it was just, it was really nice um, to just to see them again and be in that space. I didn't say anything to anyone. It was just, you know, I just, you know, I think my husband knew that I was, but I just didn't say anything for it. We got home and um, we had to change the cars around out of the um, driveway because I'd said, I'm pretty sure the baby's coming tonight. Um, and as I reversed out, like when we'd finished, my husband was like, have you ever driven a car before? And I was like, have you ever driven a car while having a contraction before? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So it, definitely things were happening. He went over to his sister's to pick up a, um, a camera and um, because I was like, it would be nice maybe if you took a few photos this time. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we just kind of like did the things. Um, it was just really slow and they were really all over the place, really sporadic. And so I, we had dinner, pretty sure I ate, like I still felt fine to eat. Um, I put the older girls to bed. Like I just read them a story and, and they're like, why do you keep stopping? And I'm like, cause the baby's coming. And I just breathe through it and they just sort of watch and like my older two. So they were eight and six, seven and five. Um, yeah. And just read them a story and they went to sleep and I said, the baby's coming. Do you want me to wake you up when it's time? Like, or daddy to come and wake you up when the baby's going to come. And they were like, yes, please, please do that. Mm-hmm. So they went to sleep. <clears throat> um, and then I came out and my, yeah, the youngest, our third daughter was still awake. So I went and laid down with her and, um, things were quite intense by now, but I maybe laid down with her and cuddled her for like half an hour or so. And it was getting quite uncomfortable to lie there. By the end, I started sort of like tapping my foot in the bed and tapping my thigh and being like, Ooh, I need to start moving. So I got up and, um, my husband gave me some, I, you know, I'd really chipped him about that crappy massage he gave me for our third daughter so he, he gave me a beautiful massage um and yeah and he was he didn't want to I was like please just lie down and have a rest please lie down and have a rest this this is not the same this is going to take a little while um but he, he couldn't relax because he was like no I totally missed that last one like I bailed big time I lay you down um but I was like please just rest don't watch me um so we filled up um the birth pool, I bought a birth pool this time because um, my midwife had moved away and this time she wasn't, she's not in the area anymore. Um, and yeah, that just kind of was my thing. It just works for me, birthing in water. Um, and so I filled that up and I hopped in before it was even nearly full because it just feels nice. Um, yeah, and I just hung out in there for a bit. I um, had been drinking because it had been a long time of labor. I'd been drinking like some magnesium and calcium and, um, water like, and, um, yeah, it totally, I totally overdosed on that. So, um, I was, yeah, I think that that's why I did those four poos earlier as well. It was, um, it was not agreeing with my system very well. Um, yeah, but I was just sort of sitting there in the water. I was roaring when I had to roar, um, and then at about one o'clock ish, this is when, um, everything was not agreeing with me. And I was like, um, I need to vomit. 
or I need to poo. I'm not sure which one. And I think I ran to the, ran to the toilet and I kind of did both at the same time. And, um, my eldest daughter woke up because she came out and she, that's labor, <laughs> that's labor. <laughs> which is it? It's both. <laughs> Um, oh man yeah so she came out and she was just um yeah you okay mom yeah yeah the baby's coming um so hopped back in the pool and was maybe there like maybe five ten minutes later my second eldest daughter came and joined us we were right outside the bedroom of my third daughter and she just slept through the whole thing even though I was just roaring so Mm -hmm. I felt like I was so loud um there was this one contraction that was so so big and I remember looking up thinking am I scaring my babes at the moment and I looked into the eyes of my eldest daughter and she was just um she was so calm and serene and she was like Mm -hmm. I love watching you do this mama (laughs) and I yeah exactly it was it was like that. They'd just come and like stroke my hair on my back as I was like uh, resting on the side of the pool. They were just, they were beautiful. Um, I had to tell them to shush a couple of times, of course, because they're kids and they would giggle and I think I pooped in the water or something and like I picked it up thinking it was a blood clot and I was like, oh, that's poo and they just thought this was so hilarious. They're like, remember when you grabbed your poo, mom? Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my God, <laughs> that will go down in your family's history. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, and yeah, so. Oh my God. I can't believe she said that to you. Anyways. So sweet. So beautiful. So, so beautiful. And just, yeah, so amazing that we think kids will be like terrified by the birth sensations and whatever. And they, they, I don't think my daughters viewed it as pain at all. They just, all they saw was power and strength and like, yeah. So yeah, one of the things my husband has said was just that he had no idea what was happening for our third daughter. And I, I you know, I kind of set that up. I kind of wanted it like that. <laughs> so it was fine. But this time I was just quite vocal. And so, um, yeah, she started coming and I was like, oh, my water just broke. And I think they saw it. They could see that in the pool when my water broke. And then I'm like, okay, her head's out. Her head's out. Like I was just sort of, you know, just these little commentaries, like one or two words. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then I birthed her and the cord was around her neck like at least a couple of times as well, like again, same as my third daughter, and I just just unwrapped it. So not an issue. Um, picked it, like, And so intuitive. Like I don't, you know, you just don't even think about it. It's just mm-hmm. just this, it's like one motion that just happens. Um, you know. It's like what would anyone do if a baby <laughs> had a rope around their neck? Like, not what would anyone it. Is- <laughs> They would unwrap it. Yeah. It's like not, it's not complicated. No, but that's yeah. it. Like birth's just not complicated when you just let it happen, right? It just, yeah. Picked her up. Um, the girls were sort of like my older two were like, pick it up, mom, pick it up. I'm like, I'm picking it up. You're okay. <laughs> so I pick her out of the water and hold her on my chest and they're like, oh my God, can we hold her? I was like, no. <laughs> <you can't." laughs> can I hold like, her? It's been 12 seconds. <laughs> it was literally like that. No, you really can't. Um, yeah, so just held her, um, picked her up and yeah, she was just beautiful so perfect um I don't she didn't cry she just looked at us and just was like wow this is my family um I hopped out this was probably like the longest birth of the placenta that I'd ever had or the longest time between it and I think it's just because my bladder was just so full I'd just been drinking Mm. so much all day and um and emptying my bladder was just so tough and so I was lying there on the bed and I kept sort of putting pads between my legs and just trying to pee into them but I just I couldn't release like it just, yeah, 
So after maybe like an hour and a half and I could feel it there, like it was there. I was trying to push it out and it just, it wasn't coming. Um, So uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. So yeah, after maybe an hour and a half or so, I just, I got up and I waddled. My girls think this is hilarious too, with like a bowl between my legs, like to our bathroom and they, they're all following me like, oh, what you going to do? And then, yeah, I just squatted sort of on our bathroom floor and um, push it out. And there's such relief. It finally coming out feels so good um yeah and then we just like I think I had a shower just to like just wash my bottom half and jumped into bed and had cuddles and yeah just perfection and Mm. yeah so lovely I just think having a baby and just being able to hop into your own bed is just divinity Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah So how would you say, it's a huge question, but how would you say that these births and particularly your choice to do it your way has shaped you as a woman and a mother? Yeah, um, it definitely, uh, like it's just, a, it's such a huge fuck you to the system, right? To do to just to live like this and um I guess it just yeah gives me so much confidence in ourselves and um yeah in the way that we in the way that we live I guess this is always how I'd lived but maybe not not really because I still like I said I had my first baby in a hospital and I wouldn't have even considered doing it even though home birth was on my radar wouldn't have considered it doing it that way but yeah yeah, I think, um, yeah, just being so, so much trust and respect for ourselves and our bodies and knowing that we can, we can handle, we can hold it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Those are beautiful stories. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. Our opening song is by Shyla Ray. And now I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts. Keep your needles. 
My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the stars. Conscious conception. 